All right, all right, here we are yet again with another episode of English and Coffee. It's your wonderful host, Demian, and today it is a chilly 20-something degrees. Not quite sure of the exact number, but I know last night it was in the teens. So we're talking 13, 14 degrees. It was pretty chilly. We've warmed up to a 25 today, so we're somewhere between that 20 and 25 mark. It's Christmas Eve. Everybody's kind of settling in right now, getting ready to spend Christmas Eve with their families on into the Christmas morning where the little kids will open up their gifts. People will give gifts, make phone calls, talk to long-lost relatives and things like that. But what we're going to do today is listen to a little story I prepared earlier this morning. I wrote a story specifically for this time of year, specifically for this type of situation. Because if you listen to my last podcast, you know when I talked about travel plans, people going here, people going there, just to visit relatives, to get away from things for a while. So this one includes the holiday season, but with a bit of a twist, as we do here on English and Coffee. So let's go ahead and take a sip. I'm sipping on a, uh, a Speedway coffee today. This is a white cappuccino slash mocha charge with two shots of caramel macchiato. And we're going to just enjoy it. We're going to let it do what it does. This is a 16-ouncer, maybe a little less than 16 ounces, maybe 12 ounces. It says small. We're caffeinated. You can already tell by the speed of my voice that the caffeine is kicking in strong like we enjoy. Take a sip. And let's get into the story. Okay, so where do I begin? Well, it was Friday night, and I was working late at the office, knee-deep in faxes and sales reports. And then it hit me. I am not going to spend one more holiday slaving away at the office and completely miss out on celebrating another holiday season with my family. So fueled with this impulsive idea and three monsters, I decided to book a ticket right there on the spot. I minimized the sales report window and opened up Expedia. I clicked the first flight leaving Raleigh and figured that I could go back to the hotel and get a few hours of shut-eye before nine. Or so I thought, because that's exactly what didn't happen. Let me explain. So after booking the ticket, I shut down the computer and took the elevator downstairs. I called my wife while the elevator was taking forever to make it to the first floor and told her that I was coming home for the holidays. She said, oh really? You know, if you come home for the holidays, this will be the first time in 10 years. Her words stung like a wasp kissing you on the back after a good dip in the river. I know, honey, I haven't been the best husband, father, but I love you and I love my family. I will be there in the morning and I don't want you to start opening any gifts until I get there. She told me that she would do her best to keep the kids at bay while I made my way back home. I told her great and stepped off the elevator. As I was walking through the parking lot to my rental, I noticed a suspicious-looking man holding a sign that said, Cherish these moments, for they are all that we have. I don't know if he was some holiday scammer or just homeless, but his sign made sense, and I decided to walk a little closer to put a dollar in his sketchy cup. The man thanked me for the donation, and I continued on my way. Once I finally made it to my car, I turned the key to the ignition, and it didn't start. I turned it again, and click. Come on, baby, click. Freak, what the heck, man? Come on, don't do this to me now. Click. And after a short delay, the engine turned over and started to purr like a fat cat on the street lapping up some three-day-old milk. I skated through traffic and made it back to the hotel. I took a look at the clock and it said 3 a.m. I thought, okay, it's 3 now, which gives me about four hours to sleep and one hour to get ready and one more hour to get to the airport. Awesome. I took off my business attire and heated up a cup of noodles and tried to process what I was doing. I booked the trip 
and called my wife without even remembering that I had promised Paul that I would spend the holiday with him at the pub. Freak, I thought. I'll just send him a text. I sent Paul a text. Hey, Paul, look, man, something came up, and I'm unable to meet with you at the pub tomorrow. Happy holidays. I know, I probably sounded like the worst co-worker in the world, but I had to be with my family. You understand, right? After sending the text and polishing off my noodles, I hit the pillow and the sleep was on. When I opened my eyes, I looked at the clock and it said 9.15. Fudge! Not again! Now I don't know about you, but have you ever made what you thought were the best plans in the world and then just get blindsided at the last minute? So I was faced with two options. Call my wife and tell her that I can't make it like I originally intended, or pull a rabbit out of the hat and throw a Hail Mary to save the game. And then I received a phone call from Paul. Hey man, sorry to hear that you can't meet at the pub, but I'm actually glad that you changed your plans because I am actually headed to the airport right now for a 10.30 flight. I said, a 10.30 flight? He said, yeah, I'm passing by your hotel right now. Right now? Yeah, like in 15 minutes. I will be passing by your hotel. I said, that's awesome, man. I hope you have a great holiday. Then he said, but the only thing is, I bought two tickets and Sarah canceled last minute. So I basically wasted $150 for nothing. I said, well, Paul, I would be willing to take that ticket off of your hands if you can take me to the airport with you. What? I thought you had plans. I do, but it's a long story. Can I use your ticket and catch a ride with you to the airport? There was a long pause. Then he said, sure, I'm about five minutes away. Meet me downstairs. Five minutes? Yeah, five minutes. Okay, cool. I hung up the phone, threw my work clothes back on, grabbed a mint off the coffee table, and headed downstairs like a bat out of hell. And just as I was walking towards the entrance, Paul's cab pulled up and I jumped in. Paul said, you got my money? Yeah, it's in my pocket. Fudge! Man, I forgot my cash upstairs. There's no time, man. You can just pay me back later. You sure? Yeah, no worries. It's the holiday season. You would do the same for me, right? Of course. When Paul and I made it to the airport, we looked like two linebackers charging the field as we pushed through the crowd of holiday travelers. Paul checked his luggage, and I checked nothing, because I just ran down the stairs with no money, no bags, an unshaven face, and morning breath because the mint wasn't strong enough to fight off the cup of noodles from last night. Once we got on the plane, I exhaled a sigh of relief and figured I would call my wife before we took off. I went to grab my phone and, ah, come on, man, not again. I forgot my freaking phone on the nightstand. So I said, hey, Paul, what's up, man? Do you think I could use your phone real quick to call my wife? Sure, no problem. Paul is one of those guys that you love to hate because he's always so nice, even when you drop him at the last minute. I called my wife. Hello, honey. We're getting ready to take off. I should be at the airport in three hours. Can you come meet me there? Sure, babe. I'll get the kids ready. Wait, not with the kids, just you. What do you mean not with the kids? Honey, it's a long story. Just get your sister to watch them for a little bit and I'll explain when I see you at the airport. All right, she said. Love you. Love you. Thanks, Paul. I handed the phone back. Then Paul said, you know, for someone that canceled meeting me at the bar for other plans, it doesn't seem like you had anything planned out at all. I looked at Paul. I wanted to say something smart, but how could I? Paul has literally saved my skin even when I didn't deserve it. So I just said, ha, you got me. Paul just smiled and put his phone back in his pocket without saying anything. When we landed at the airport, I thanked Paul for everything and promised that we would square up after the holiday. I shook his hand before greeting my wife with bloodshot eyes, a crazy grin slapped across my face, and unkempt hair. She said, Honey, it looks like you've been backed over by a garbage truck, and you smell like it too. I said, 
I know, baby. And you look as beautiful as ever. She kind of stepped back, but she kissed me anyway. Ah, the power of love. The ride home from the airport was full of laughs and light caresses as intimacy started to creep back into our strained relationship. One more turn and we're home, I thought. We pulled into the driveway like a 747 and hit the brakes with the grace of a swan landing on a lake's surface. Made it. And then, my wife opened the door to our cozy little home. My two beautiful children came spilling out of the doorway. Daddy's home! And I lost it. I cried like a freaking baby. I cried like a three-year-old that was told no. I cried like a man who didn't cherish what was most important in life. And I swore, from that day on, that I would never place anything before my family again. So I hope you enjoyed that podcast. Like I said, I wanted to give you guys a little nourishment for the soul, a little something to warm your hearts during this holiday season, because I know a lot of you were on the roads, a lot of you getting ready to step on an airplane, get on a train, spend time with your loved ones. Maybe you're going to stay home and you don't even celebrate Christmas like that, but you're preparing for the new year. So take those words with you on your journey. And I look forward to seeing you all in the next one. Merry Christmas and happy holidays.